This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, happy publishing day to all of you, or authoring day, or maybe this is a writing day. But I want to expand your thinking because we're going to talk about marketing with your words and that how essential that is when you have that book in hand, when you have your words in hand that you think are stellar, and we're going to probably show you maybe they could do a little tweaking. Um, when you are pushing out your promotional side, how gold your words can be. With us is the awesome Casey Demchek, and Casey is an award-winning copywriter. He's recognized as an expert at crafting engaging marketing materials for dozens of authors, and he's earned Amazon's bestseller and international bestseller status. Casey helps authors achieve these milestones by employing conversational copywriting techniques that use benefit-driven statements, emotion, and story-telling to motivate readers to buy their books. He's also known for his innovative approaching to creating what we call, what he calls, the core message platform that serves as the master messaging document for your book. Casey's also an author. His book, Essential Sales Writing Secrets, is one of the how-to resources you should have. Casey's based in Denver, like I am, and you can discover him on his website at CaseyDemchak, that's D-E-M-C-H-A-K dot com, to learn lots more. So, Casey, we have a lot to talk about because a lot of people think they can't market right now because of the social distancing or the shutdown. And I always say, what? You are nuts. There is a gazillion things that you could do right now. And should Oh, I agree. agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because everybody's online right now. So it's probably a great time. It, it could be a better time than ever. <laughs> for, yeah. For, 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 for online. But it's so, I'm always amazed. I, um, I have, uh, one of our, you know, I won't say the name, but one of our people today is doing a promo push and she's created posters. Posters look great and all that. And I just said, if you, if you want me to do it, send me whatever you're sending out. And I am immediately rewriting the whole thing. The poster's fine, but the push does not have the snap, crackle and pop that you want to grab the attention. And it goes back to the, you know, the words that you use so often. And I certainly say you got to suck them in emotionally if you want to nail yeah. them down. It's so important. And there was no emotion in the verbiage. None, 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 none. So where do we start? <laughs> where do you, where, Casey, when you sit down with an author, where do you start with him or her? 
You know, most of the time, Judith, when authors come to me, they, 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 you know, one of the places they don't know where to start, number one, they have some anxiety about writing marketing copy for their book. It's amazing. You know, a lot of authors can write a book, but when it comes to saying good things about their own book, they tend to freeze up. So the first thing I tell them right off the top is your marketing copy can be written like a simple conversation that you'd have in a coffee shop between you and potential readers. So I always introduce the term conversational copywriting, and that tends to help, um, you know, alleviate a little concern and put people at ease a little bit. So that's where I always try to, that's like, you know, the starting position, start at position A, think, you know, get in the mindset of I'm going to write marketing copy that has the feel, you know, the tone and feel of a conversation between me and a potential reader. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I love storytelling. Um, and that's actually what I did when I rewrote to do a few pushes for her. Um, and it, it is always amazing to me how so many don't get this. It is amazing to me, Casey. Yeah, there is kind of a, of, it, 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 you know, like I was saying, there's so, there's so many authors I work with, they just kind of lock up when it comes to writing marketing copy for their own book, or they're not really sure what it's. You know, well, I always tell people, you know, make it conversational. Let's have, you know, make it fun. Get into some emotion. I know. And, and fun's the fun part. You know, and that's why I said in the beginning, you know, does it snap, crackle, and pop? Does it have a little panache and sizzle? Or is it dull as watching the mud develop? And, okay, now we can talk. Now we can talk. Yeah, and, you know, I think another great place to start was I always tell people to kind of get them to give that copy a little bit of, uh, you know, sizzle or a little bit of, uh, you know, I always use the words, you know, you want to hook and engage people. Mm-hmm. And what I always tell writers off the top is a great another you know in addition to getting it yourself in a mindset where you're going to write conversational copy, I always tell authors put yourself in the mindset of don't write what your book is about, write what people are going to get out of your book. Focus on benefits. If you give people you know tell people what they're you know here's what you're going to get out of the book, and you focus on the reader and the takeaways for the reader, it's going to be very clear what your book is about. So I think a lot of times that what's uh, some of the copy I read for books that comes across as rather dull, it's because they're basically here's what my book is about. They're trying to describe what their book is about as opposed to telling me what I'm going to get out of the book. And I think when you get yourself in that mindset of, hey, I'm going to focus on what people are going to get out of my book, you know, your copy doesn't have to be slick and hypey and all that. It can be, you know, your copy can be pretty straightforward, but it comes across as more engaging when you're, you know, in the mindset of I'm going to communicate benefits to my audience. So it's it's um it's what you're going to do to relieve my pain, to kiss yeah. my wounds, to make me feel better, yeah. or make you or, feel better, or quench your thirst. You know. Uh, oh, I love thirst. that. Yeah, quench your thirst, meet a curiosity. Um, because I've had people say, yeah, "But Casey, my book is about." you know, famous archaeological digs of the 20th century. You know, what's exciting about that? And I Mm -hmm. say, you know what's exciting? For people who read that stuff, it's exciting. They have a thirst for that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. You need to quench that thirst. People who read a CIA thriller, 
they, you know, yours isn't the first that they're going to read and it's not going to be the last. They have a thirst mm -hmm. for that kind of thing. Or they're curious about what goes on behind the scenes, you know, at the CIA or whatever. People who read murder mysteries, they're also interested in real life murder mysteries. That's just mm -hmm. something they have a thing for. So, you know, whether it's a novel or a nonfiction book or even a textbook, you're satisfying a need or quenching a thirst of some kind for people. Or, you know, or they may have a challenge or something they need to overcome. But always think of how am I meeting, you know, quenching that thirst for people. Make a list of those things and then build your marketing copy around it. And even if it's not, you know, real sizzling, you know, kind of slick kind of copy, it can still come across as very engaging. So are there, is this something that they need to hire a professional to do or is this something that they could learn how to do themselves? What do you think? They can learn it. They can learn how to do it. You know, more and more, Judith, I'm – you know, you always know that I've, I write marketing copy for authors, but more and more mm -hmm. I'm getting into instruction. You know, mm -hmm. I just did a, uh, I just did a big live event, a live course with uh, the Nonfiction Authors Association where we had a three-week course and I taught, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about now. And I, I go, you know, here's how you can apply these techniques to your back cover, to a website sales page, to, you know, promotional e-blast copy, uh, to your Amazon description. And I had so many authors get back to me and go, oh, I get it now. You know, all I needed to know, because what I always tell authors is, look, you have just written a book. You can write marketing copy. You just kind of need to know the inside secrets and tips and techniques, and you can do it. And, and I can teach you how to do it. And what you'll find is it can be fun. It can be simple. It's not complicated. Um, and once you know the techniques, authors can definitely do it, especially, you know, authors on a budget which is a lot of authors, yep. you know, they can just learn how to do the writing and uh, mm -hmm. follow instructions just like they do. You know, you follow a recipe, you know, and I hate to use the, you know, like formulas and recipes. I hate to use that term. But um, what I was, you know, to make it simple for authors, I go, look, I'm going to teach you some formulas, some templates, some recipes. And what you do, what do you do with a recipe when you first time you follow a recipe? Well, you follow it to the T, Right. Because you're like, oh, I gotta follow it to the T. <laughs> Bake your cake or whatever it is, and then what do you start doing? You get a little more comfortable, and the next couple times you follow that recipe, you start kind of adding a little of this, taking a little of this out, and you kind of make that recipe your own. So I always teach authors: here's the recipes, but don't be afraid to kind of personalize it, making your own as well. Well, you're talking to someone who actually reads cookbooks for pleasure. And I mean, I, I, well, I'm a cook, so I love to do that. I uh, immediately am altering it immediately, Casey, yeah. and saying, nah, nah, I'm not going to put that in. I think I'm going to try this. And no, oh, no, I'm going to give a little bit more of this. And, you know, I, I am automatically doing that. And really what you're telling them in that, that break out. It's it's just to me a recipe is just a guide. Okay, here's some ideas you can get going yeah. on. It's the same thing with what you're talking about. This is a guide, and when you start substituting in your words, your thirst, your quench, um, that all of a sudden it comes alive. And I, I actually, ironically, this morning I was teaching my coaching class that I do at seven o'clock in the morning. That I had an interview uh, that we did uh, last week with a guest, and I heard one word. I heard one word, actually it was a phrase, um, that, that she said, and I went crazy and created 10 new posts and quote posters off of it. 
Um, and that when those things happen, those are magic to me, but it's when you get into this system. All right, with that, we're going to take our first break. With us is Casey Demchek, and we're talking about how to create words that come alive and sing and dance and literally seduce your potential reader. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out... You will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at AuthorU.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so it's the power of a word or words or a word phrase that turns into a sentence that uh, creates either the marketing pop, we're talking marketing pop here, that you're looking for that will ring the bell um, for someone who is reading it, for a visual that comes across. So I love these kind of conversations. So, Casey, as we move along, um, is there anything you do to to reduce some of the fear factors people have about stepping up to the plate? Yeah, as I was saying earlier, you know, if you think of your um, marketing copy as a conversation you're having with somebody in a coffee shop, it becomes much easier to at least get uh, started. And then to get people to step up to the plate, I always tell them, you know, get something down on paper. If it's, even if it's just you're going to start with the, the, the first sentence or a call to action you're going to put at the end, get something down on paper just to get started. And, and, and then just think of some things. Write some uh, benefit-driven statements about your book. They could be very straightforward. 
just use a very, you know, authentic, natural voice. And a big thing I tell them is write believable copy. What can really make your copy stand out, you know, you want to avoid generalities. You want to avoid cliches. Um, you want to provide detail. So in your first draft, if you're just writing some general statements or you find yourself using cliches like cut above the rest or take your <laughs> career to the next level, things like that, that's okay. Just get something down on paper. When you have something down on paper, um, you know, you feel like you're, make, you're getting somewhere. And mm -hmm. then you can always go back through and edit things and make them more detailed. But I always tell people, think of, the, you know, think of the easiest thing you can write to get something down on paper. You'll see it there in front of you. Um, that's just a simple thing you can do to get rolling. Mm -hmm. and, and then you need to start editing down because I suspect a lot of it's going to be way too wordy. Would that be right? Oh, Absolutely. I always tell people, because I, I, I wrote a blog on this a couple of weeks ago, because I get people, they'll contact me and they'll say, Casey, I need you to work your magic, you know, something like mm. that. And I, and I always go, gosh, I wish it was magic. I could do it quicker. But what I always tell people is good writing is rewriting. Great, rewri great writing is rewriting some more. So that magic thing, people think uh, that I can do or you can do. Mm -hmm. As you know, it's rewriting and, and editing mm -hmm. and going through it again and again, letting your copy incubate, writing something, putting it aside uh, at least through lunchtime, but, you know, preferably let, let the copy sit overnight and uh, keep detailing it. Because if you, if you put a lot of detail in your copy, and detail doesn't mean longer, it just means taking a general statement and giving it a little more detail. Like instead of saying, take your career to the next level, you know, you say something that is more specific and that can, that alone can make your copy stand out without your copy having to be, you know, that, that Madison Avenue style of writing with most authors, when they think marketing copy, they think, oh, I got to be slick and cheesy and salesy. And you don't, you just have to be engaging. I think the engaging is the right word. And, and I know it's getting overused. At least I kind of feel it is. What do you do to engage? What do you do? To, you know, I just hear it a gazillion times a day. Yeah. But the, it is that engagement factor that then builds your influence with them um, and hopefully will domino to whatever your objective is uh, that, that you go after, but, uh, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to have a PhD in Madison Avenue ease. <laughs> That's what we're saying here. Oh yeah. And another big tip, as you know, when we're, you know, when I, I say, let's, you know, make it like a conversation. you're having. An another mistake authors will make with their marketing copy is they start writing about what their book is about right away. And as I said, you want to make it more about what readers are going to get out of your book. Before you even get into the benefits of your book, you know, we were talking about earlier about, you know, readers have curiosity or that thirst or that need or that challenge. Write about that first. Write about your reader first. And it's just like if you're having a conversation with somebody, if you're talking about them, they'll listen to you for quite a while. If you're talking about – if you're just talking about yourself – you know, people's eyes tend to dart away. They start, oh, my God, I'm going to shut up. So a great way to start your marketing copy is to write about, start talking about your reader first. Make it about them first. Here's the desire I know you have. Here's the thirst I know, you're at. I, I know you have. Here's a challenge that you need to overcome. Make it about them, and then you can position your book. Start writing about what your book is about. You know, write that nutshell description about your book. They get into the benefits of your book, but 
first thing you can do to, you know, help engage them or capture their attention is to make it about them. You know, just as if you're in a coffee shop talking to somebody, if you start talking to somebody about what's going on with them, you're going to get their attention a lot quicker than if you just start talking about, you know, you know, enough about you. Let's make it about me. You know? <laughs> and that is so true. I mean, I just see this. I see it all the time that they, they, well, there's this fear factor. And I have so many times, Casey, maybe you do, they say, well, you know, I need to have this back cover written for my book. And that when I'm working on, I said, I can't write, I can't write the back cover copy till I'm done. Because I don't know what the benefit is. You're telling me, you tell me, I have to feel it as I go through the book. I mean, I've always felt that I've got to feel it. Um, so did you engage me? Can you convince me? Did you seduce me? Did you reveal? Did you satisfy my curiosity? You know, deal with the thirst, the quench, all those things. And those are such great words you're using, Casey, to describe this, to, to kind of bring people in so they understand what this concept is all about. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what you're doing for people. When you, when it really comes down to it, that's why people read books. It's just like, I'll, I'll tell authors, why do people read, you know, every Stephen King book? Are they in search of the perfect Stephen King plot? No, they know that Stephen King's going to scare the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that's what they want. They have a need for that. It's just like when I bought, remember the book Helter Skelter way back mm-hmm. when? Mm-hmm. You know, the Manson murders happened when I was seven years old. So it was just kind of blew my mind. I was a seven-year-old kid. But a number of years later, when I was a teenager, you know, the prosecuting attorney, Vincent Pugliosi, put out a book. And I was a little, you know, I was still curious about that 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 crime. But I was a little older enough to read it, a little more mature where I could read about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I opened the book at the bookstore. I still remember this today. It was the book Helter Skelter that he wrote. I opened the cover in there, and there was a blank page that had a simple sentence on it, and it said, this book will scare the hell out of you. Oh, and I there just you go. Went, I just went, I'm in. <laughs> really, you know, and I read the book at night, you know, and I was alone, and it did. It scared the hell out of me. But that people read books for a reason and tap into that. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about, the thirst or the curiosity, but uh-huh. – Tap into that right away and uh-huh. just be upfront with it and just realize people read books. It's just like romance novels. People read one after another after another. They're not looking for the perfect romance plot. They're all kind of structured in a very similar way. You know, oh. they're, they're, they're trying to get that feeling of when they were, maybe they were younger, that summer romance they had on the beach or something like that. Well, and, and you know, the reality is also um, that I, this is this is this was a great tell for me. I was interviewing the woman who was behind a, a website called the Story Monsters, and they did all kinds of they have the Dragonfly Awards and all those. And she was I was we were talking about um, awards and the evaluations and what the judges go through and, and that. And I love the way she did the quick summary. You know, she says, "Does the title grab me?" She's looking for the grab. And, of course, when you're dealing with fiction, they're all over the place, as you know. But in nonfiction, so is is it going to be a one-word kind of grab, whether it tells me what it is about, but it's the subtitle that has to have the magic in it. And if the subtitle is the promise, and by the time we go through the book, did they deliver on the promise? 
And I never forgot that, Casey, because that is that the main title is the is the lighthouse, the siren going around. That's the word or several words. Usually the less is better for the main title. But the subtitle has to be the juicy promise for nonfiction. And if it doesn't deliver, the book's dead. Yeah, and the, and the subtitle should always have a little more detail than the title. I was oh, always, like, always. Yeah, it's like headline, subhead, or book title and subtitle. Have a little more detail and imply a benefit or a promise. Again, thinking of that that curiosity or need or thirst that you're going to quench for people. Make sure that's strongly, if it's not directly stated, strongly implied. Because again, it goes back to the thing of. You know what's in this for me? What am I? What am I going to get out of this book? You know, so you definitely want to strongly imply that. And another tip I'll give because I'm sure you ran into this too, where you're you're kind of helping somebody with their title and subtitle. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have words so much repeated in your no. subtitle no. that are in your title. Then it exactly. Sounds goofy and redundant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I I have to say, so many authors don't get why. They can't. Why they shouldn't? Maybe can't's not the right word. Why they should not? Uh, and and you're using up an extra word you may not need. You don't need as a rule, but you could grab another one that could have a more searchability when this starts getting written out. Or that emotion. Let's go back to the emotional pull on it. So yeah, because if you use one word that has an emotional pull and then you use another word that's different, it kind of tightens the pull a little bit. Yeah, and it comes across as kind of redundant. Like I'm working on a book right now, and they use the word hero Mm -hmm. in the head title, and then they use the word hero in the subtitle. Mm. And um, it doesn't work, but they've got you know the cover designed and all this stuff already in motion. So it's like change it. I, no, I look at I can change. You can change the subtitle in a nanosecond if you need. If it, it, yes, I think as as you, as you coach them, you got to make a decision. Where is where does hero? If hero is essential with it, where does it have the most pop? Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. change and then change the other. But that would be a no in my book too. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, so that, you know what, here's what Casey and I are saying, everyone. If your ego is in play here, which we all know authors have egos in play, that you need to step aside. And and I also really believe, it's like in the editing process, that where we're getting through it, I, I tell authors, you're going to be really upset when you're going to get this back, I suspect, because of all the changes that we're recommending that you make. If you will go through the whole process... By the time you're at the last change, you're going to agree with 95%. And then you go to the battle for the other 5%, you know. And But that's how kind yeah. of I look at that, 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 you know, you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for a long time. We've seen a lot of the same stuff over and over. And we kind of know what works and what doesn't work. I mean, that's part of our responsibility. Mm. All right, with me is Casey Demchek. You can find him at Casey Demchek. D-E-M-C-H-A-K dot com. And we are talking about the power of your words and how to create marketing magic with them. We'll be right back.
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, we're halfway through. We've got a lot more information about the power of your marketing copy. And and I, I know that our our expert today, Casey Demchuk, uh, would parallel with me that all of you who have written a book or are in the process of writing think this is the big enchilada. It's not. It's the marketing. And once you know 90% of the success of your book is going to be marketing, what you do with promo copy, what you do with your verbalization when you go out, yes, it helps when you write a good book. But it's what you do with your marketing verbiage and words. Do you parallel me, Casey, on that? Absolutely. And it's so important today, and I'm sure you run into this too, the authors that you work with who have the most uh, success are the ones who really get into their marketing and, and you know, become the biggest advocate of their own book. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, there's no question about that. Um, but you, you, and, and here's the great news for all of you that if you, if you published with a New York, a traditional type of publisher, you know, your window for getting any kind of support, if you even get it from them 
is just a couple of weeks. The beauty of the self and the independent publishing market is that you can keep a book alive that is long in the tooth, that's been out for several years, and you're able to come back and redress it with new verbiage, new words, new images, new fill-in-the-blank, and bring that baby back to life. That's what I love to do. Yeah, another tip, and I'm sure you give the authors the same tip, too, is I'll have people say to me, you know, well, what can I, you know, I have my book launch, you know, and then what? And I'll always say, well, you know what, you can, if you have a book launch, you typically give away some um, free bonuses or something like that. You can, and then like nine months down the road or two years down the road, depending on what your book is about, you can kind of piggyback cultural events or, you know, holiday events, like if you've written a book on finance, I mean, you can run some sort of special promotion around tax day every year or something and have some new bonuses you give away, something like that. So you, when you self-publish, you can be very creative with, you know, creating events or, or piggybacking on uh, events in order to do uh, further promotion for your book. Well, I, I agree with that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, coattail onto what you said about a finance book. So the obvious thing in January is that you go out, okay, it's something about credit cards or the budgeting or the average, res- I think the, uh, what the number is by day 12 of January, people, 85% of the people have given up their resolutions. Okay. So, so you can kiss on that, you know, on the 12th, if you, if your resolution was to keep track of your money, this is the day to hold on to that because 85% of you will say the heck with it. And, and you could keep things going throughout the year with a nonfiction book, but also there's just wonderful things you can do with fiction. Um, and we've had more fun with promotions of fiction and also on your promotion, your marketing. Okay. So you have a print book. Do you, you have an ebook? Yeah. Do you have an audiobook? Those are three different launches that you could do. Don't do them all at once. People will cross by. But just just celebrate one and let it stand alone. That's what I would do. Oh yeah, that's that's really great advice because it, it, it and just get yourself in the mindset of you know have an alert up in your head of, of just thinking of different reasons to uh, celebrate your book and how you can uh, tie it. To other events. I mean, we've all known people who they're constantly looking for reasons to celebrate something. You know, it's Tuesday. Let's have a good time. You know, so <laughs> yeah. don't exactly. be thinking of, with your book of how you know what's a good reason to uh, draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, I Tuesday's a great day to do something new or a push or uh, like you know, my husband has a book that for kiddos. Um, the alphabet menagerie. It's cool to be a critter. So I said, you know what? Let's do a promo on that. So we've got that set up and we're going to roll it out. Uh, so he, in, in, I think November, I've got all the social media copy written. We are now making all these posters for it. We've, you know, we'll blitz it out. So by the time that promotion, and we're going to do it on the ebook, this is to celebrate the ebook. By the time that promotion comes out, that I don't, we don't have to do any work because it's all set up. It's just going to go. It's just going to go. And that's, you know, for all of you, since we're talking marketing, if you will think ahead and get it on a schedule, just like you have a coffee date with somebody you're going to meet, you can do all the planning. And if you do it four weeks to six weeks out, it doesn't become overwhelming. So I have a question, Casey. How many of, how often do you people come to you with, 
the last minute that I need this yesterday. Oh, yeah, too often. And, uh, you know, and I'm always encouraging people plan way ahead. You know, plan, like you were just saying, you definitely want to plan ahead because if you're going to work with someone like me or a designer or anybody else involved in marketing, people can do their best work when they have, you know, an appropriate amount of time. And I've had to turn away work sometimes from people who was just too last minute. And I, and I, you know, I have to tell them, look, I just can't, number one, do it that fast. And number two, I can't do it that fast and do it well. You know, just, you know, plan things out, plan ahead, think ahead, make a schedule. And uh, that's just always the best way to do it. I agree with you. All right. So I want to swing back because I, I love the phrase, the conversational uh, uh, copy that you use mm-hmm. and that. So w- can you give us some of the characteristics that you would look for to either specifically state or in so blankly imply that people will get what's going on? Yeah, again, it comes back to something I talked about earlier. Give, you know, give detail. Stay away from cliches. Stay away from hype and fluff. Don't use terms like, you know, this is a cut above the rest or um, it's second to none or this is a real game changer. Just get into detailed benefits. You know, what is your book about? And think of, you know, and, and I always tell people, and we were talking about this earlier, read your copy out loud. When you write your copy, write in a more conversational tone. And when you're communicating benefits to people, that is just, that's like the one big tip I always give people is communicate benefits. Because if you're sitting in a coffee shop with someone and you're telling them some cool things that they'll get out of your book and you're being detailed, um, that, that, that is like the biggest characteristic is to give detail, focus on benefits, focus on your reader, what is their challenge, what is their thirst. And when you do that, you can, you don't have to use any fluff or hype or anything like that. So, you know, be specific. I always tell people, write copy that is believable. When you read your marketing copy out r- loud, just ask yourself, is this believable? Does this sound like every, something everybody else is saying? Because a, lo- a lot of authors, w- whenever I talk to them about marketing copy, that is their fear is that they're going to have to write some slick kind of cheesy stuff. And it's just the opposite. When you focus on detail and benefits and you write in a down-to-earth tone that, that matches the tone and style of your book, it's, it's just so much easier. It, you know, it's about hitting, hitting the right steps. So it's like talking about the need your reader has, inter- introducing your book and making a promise, then getting into some benefits about your book. If you've got some social proof you can offer, do that in a very down-to-earth way. So it's a matter of going through a sequence and how you present your information. So, you know, and when you when you know the sequences, you just have to keep things in a more down to earth tone. You don't have to be slick and salesy. You know, it, it seems to me that each year there's some some blog comes out or something about cliches not to use. Or do you, do you have a go to place, Casey? You like to go to to remind you. So you don't fall into, you know, <laughs> the, the canyon. I don't have a really go-to place other than when I, again, I always read everything I read out loud. And just kind of a little buzzer goes off in my head. Mm. You know, like, oh, you know, I'm using something. Because, what you know, think, especially these days online, 
you know, there's like, you know, the word authentic is almost becoming now, you know, for a while. Oh, I, know. Kind of a new word. I know. And it's becoming like, so I, if I, I find myself using the word authentic. I'll go, okay, well, that that was kind of fresh and new a while back, but now mm-hmm. it's becoming very cliche. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things, it's kind of like the old saying, you know, when you see it, it's more like, you know, I know it when I hear it. And, again, that comes back to why I think it's so important to read your copy out loud. So for me, it's just a matter of a little buzzer goes off in my gut. It says, no, you know, that's that's being used too much or or – you know, like the phrase, this is second to none. You know, what does that mean? It doesn't really, you know, it, it, I, the copy to me has to mean something. So those, what, we, what we're saying is, please don't use filler coffee. It's, it's, it, it's not going to have the emotional. I mean, you're right, second to none. What does that mean? Does that mean there's never been Avis? Or is, what does that mean? I don't well, know what that means. Thing- no, you don't know what that means. And when you think about it, first of all, you're calling what you do second mm-hmm. instead of first. And you're saying it's second to nothing, you know, which is not really saying much. So, you know, or it's a cut above the rest. I mean, things like that. Just stay away from – if you've heard it a million times, don't use it. You know, that, it's, it's like the old Jack LaLanne workout. You know, they asked Jack LaLanne, what, what's yeah. your favorite – eating advice, and he said, if it tastes good, spit it out, you know? Like, if you heard it a million times, don't use it, you know? I remember Jack LaLanne saying that. <laughs> My mother used to watch Jack LaLanne. <laughs> I used to watch it when I was a little boy. Yeah. There you, well, there you go. I, I think I was a little girl when you were a little boy. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so cliches, they are taboo. And if you're, here's a little hint. If you take your phrase that you're trying to think of, like, you know, a cut above the rest or whatever, you know, something what Casey was saying, why don't you put that into Google and just see how many hits are on that? And I, I bet just, you know, just for the heck of it, if you did something like that, um, and, and put in a, a phrase like cut, cut, is it a cut above the rest, Casey? Is that what the rest? Oh, see, it yeah, it automatically true. fails. Well, people, one billion two hundred and twenty thousand results. Don't use it. All right. With that, we'll be right back for our final segment with Casey Demchak. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. 
or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The Book Shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, in our final segment, we just want to, uh, we're going to do some uh, reviewing here and get into some of these additional writing tips uh, that Casey Demchek has. He is a core marketing messaging development expert. In other words, he knows words inside and out, and he'll make sure you use the right words. So, K- Casey, you have a free report on your website. You want to let people know where to get that? Yeah, you can go to caseydemcheck.com slash secrets or just caseydemcheck.com. And Demcheck is D-E-M-C-H-A-K, but um, if that's a little too fast, you can just type in Casey Copy, Casey Copy, C-O-P-Y, dot com. That'll take you to my website. And on any page, you can download my free ebook. It's called Seven Must-Know Copywriting Secrets That Sell More Books. And I give a nice overview of uh, – Seven big insights uh, that will help you write much better book marketing copy. And actually, within each of those seven insights, I give a bunch of tips. So there's actually a lot more than just seven. So, But it's oh, yeah. free, and you can just download it, and it's something good to have within arm's reach while you're writing your book marketing copy. Oh, I, I, well, I people love free stuff. So go get it, everyone, caseycopy.com or caseydemcheck.com. And grab your free copy of the seven must-know copywriting secrets that sell more books. All right, so Casey, as we've, we've you know we've talked about this conversational style, um, what about just writing clear headlines? Is there anything different than what you, we talked about book titles a lot? Any hooks that you use there? Yeah, a big thing with, with headlines, Judith, is a lot of people, when they start writing a headline, they think, oh, geez, I have to come up with something very clever and witty uh, mm-hmm. to get people's attention. But what's important to remember, a headline has two basic functions. 
Number one, you want to get people's attention. Number two, you want to drive them into your body copy. So if it's, the, if it's a headline for your back cover, you want them to read the rest of the back cover. If it's a headline on eBlast or a website sales page, you want to get people to pop down into your body copy. So you do not have to be slick and sizzly and entertaining so much to do that. Um, sometimes simple headlines that stress or imply a benefit are all you need. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, there's no need to, to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of headline types you can draw from. For example, how-to headlines are always good, you know. How to double your sales leads in half the time, something like that. Or seven things you should know about writing better book marketing copy. Um, you can just go to simple, simple little formulas or ask thought-provoking questions. Something that will grab people's attention and get them to go into the body copy it doesn't have to be slick and witty or clever. I'll give you an example. I was working on uh, a book several years ago for someone, and they had a headline. It was, and it was a book that they wanted educators to buy to educate high school kids about money. But they had a headline. It said, dollars and cents, one doesn't come with the other. And they spelled cents, you know, S-E-N-C instead of C-E-N-T-S. It was like, I don't want to change it. I think that's really clever. I go, but it's kind of a clever statement, but does it really make people jump into the copy when you just write dollars and cents, one, one doesn't come with the other? So what we ended up settling on was seven things every high school kid should know about money because it makes people curious, like, well, what are those seven things? So they're going to jump into the body copy to find out. That headline also tells them that the information is going to be presented in seven orderly steps, which is going to be easy for me to follow. So sometimes very simple headlines that imply or stress a benefit can be much more effective than some, coming up with something that's, you know, jazzy, witty, sexy, clever. Well, I think sometimes we can out-clever ourselves. So yeah. now, yeah, I think what you're talking about, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Because you can also, when you, when you come up, when you think I'm going to come up with a simple benefit-driven headline, you can come up with quite a few ideas in a matter of minutes. Um, if you if you think I have to come up with some slick Madison Avenue style thing, you can you know rack your brain for a little bit too long and come up with something that's kind of you know not necessarily going to make people dive into the body copy. Well, you know, I like to get into. I, I, I've been a big believer in, in looking at headlines. I uh, just to do you get my ideas, to get my creative juices, or get my shock factor in play. But I used to look at some of the stuff on the National Enquirer. You know, standing in line, I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I've said this before on other shows, but one of my favorite all-time headlines was, "I gave birth in a snake-infested tree," and I'm going. Holy moly, how in the hell did she climb up there with that big billy? What were all those snakes doing there, and what happened? It was the perfect grabber. It was, and it's, as you said, it was, it, it was, what you just said was simple. Yes. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, too jazzy. You know, I gave birth in a snake and, what was it, a snake infested tree or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I gave birth in a snake infested tree. I actually cut it out and had it on a bulletin board for 10 years. It so intrigued yeah. me. <laughs> well, that'd be good, you know, and that's another another headline type. A simple headline type is the intrigue headline. Mm. Something that's intrigue. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that was a simple statement that creates intrigue. 
You know, you can have a simple statement that creates curiosity, a simple statement that implies a benefit. You know, there's a lot of different little categories. Um, you know, like, like something like why AI, artificial intelligence, why AI is, a, you know, is about to replace you. Someone's going to jump into the body copy if they read that. So that's not necessarily a benefit-driven headline. It's more of a, a fear-based headline. All right. Um, and, and a question mark to that, the question mark is, are you replaceable, dot, 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 AI says you are. And, you're, oh, man. Okay, I got to read more. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so. Yeah, again, it's intrigued. People are curious. They want to go into the body copy. And, you know, those kind of headlines, it's simple and simple, you know, all of these headline examples we've given are very straightforward, simple words, not complicated, and relatively easy to come up with. Mm -hmm. Casey, I I know we only have a couple of minutes left, but I would love, we haven't even kissed on this one. I'd love to, to talk about the word you, Y-O-U, that... When should you use that in a headline or in your marketing copy? I really like writing what I call you-directed copy. I've read several places that the word free is the most powerful word in marketing, but the word you Mm. is the second most powerful word. Mm. Um, And, for example, you know, sometimes I'll look at copy um, on a back cover or a sales page or Amazon description, and it says something like, readers will gain insights into how they can dot, dot, dot. And I always tell people, change that to you you will gain insights into how you can. I go, someone is reading your book, right? You know, have have an avatar in mind or an ideal reader or target in mind and write directly to that person. So write directly to a reader. Um, So, you know, Use variations of the word you, you, your, you'll, you know, change your copy. Instead of saying readers will learn, say you will learn. This is what you will get. Just write very you-directed copy because ultimately you have one person reading your marketing copy. Um, So write directly to that person. So, you you know, use the word you. Have you-directed copy instead of, you know, kind of generic copy that talks about readers or, people or something like that make it very you directed i i have to thank you um really uh, for adding that on because that i have really stood on my head more times than not trying to convince authors to write to the you their reader versus this we and us stuff uh, that that more passive side of it. Can you before we leave? Can, we have three minutes left here. Can you kiss on passive writing versus the more direct? Also, with marketing copy, I always make it very direct. Um, very. I always just tell people who don't really understand. I, I say just be confident, be certain with your writing. Assume interest. Don't you know? Like don't write things like, I believe this will help you. Right? This will help you. You know, be certain and confident in your writing style. You know, if you're writing a nonfiction book that's conveying information to people, you know, stay away from little things like, in my opinion, just just state what it is on your mind. Think of think of people in the public eye who sell a lot of books, run a lot of programs. They're very certain and direct with their opinion. And sometimes that creates some controversy. 
But that's not necessarily – if people are disagreeing with you, you're doing something right because you're getting noticed. Mm-hmm. All right. I would you to be very certain with your marketing content. Right. Now I'm now I'm on my Google search. In my opinion, another very overused statement. One point two billion times, it comes up. So, don't use in my opinion. And and you're you are so right uh, that they. It's almost like they have to soften it. It's it's like you don't want to say, I believe. Uh, you skip over that. You will discover blah blah blah. Much more direct. Absolutely, yeah. In between these pages, your life will change. Okay, I get that. Now, give me the rest of it. All right, Casey, we're going to do a wrap-up. Thank you so much. I'd love to talk to you more about your three-week course and see if we can play around with that and bring it to our our listeners, our viewers, etc., and again, everyone, you can find Casey either, there's two places to go, caseycopy.com or Casey Demchak, D-E-M-C-H-A-K. And Casey has an E in C-A-S-E-Y. So like Casey at the bat. Uh, and do grab his free ebook. Highly recommended that. And I want to wish all of you wonderful publishing. Uh, really get creative juices. And I would love to have all of you take out you after you listen to this, take out your book and look at that book cover. See what you've got and now rewrite it with what you heard with Casey's wisdom. Casey, thanks so much for being with us today. You are welcome, Judith. It's my pleasure. All right. Take care. Everyone, have a good writing week, uh, a good creativity week, and certainly stay healthy. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.